Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world? I would like to welcome you back to the podcast. This is Real Talk with Zuby. Today, I've got on another very special guest. He is a heavyweight boxer. He's a physicist. He's an author. He's a speaker. All-around man of inspiration. Welcome to the podcast, Ed Lattimore. Hey, how are you, man? Thank you for uh, for having me and accommodating my, my strange little schedule mix-up today, but it's all good. <laughs> no problem at all, man. It's great to have you on the show. So when I invite on guests, first thing I like to always start with is just an introduction, you know, your background, where you're from, and what it is that you do. Uh, sure. You know, I'm, I'm Ed Lattimore. My background is a little varied, I guess. You you kind of touched all of that when you were when you were introducing me. I boxed professionally for for ten years. Uh, since since retired, at least I have no intention of going back. Uh, I've picked up a physics degree along the way, which which is kind of cool and rare, I guess. Uh, I've written I've, I've written two like full production books I have on Amazon and self published them. Uh, and but but I have some other PDFs out there which are pretty cool mm-hmm. that I try to just you know put my knowledge out there. I have a blog. I've now started speaking. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and that that pretty much sums me up, man. Without without digging too deep, yeah, yeah. I guess I covered the main stuff. I write. I got my degree in physics. I served in the in the military here in the uh, the United States as well. Okay. Uh, for, for for four years, it was cool. Got got the rank of specialist, so didn't want to go the NCO route, which would have been an E five or higher as a sergeant. Uh, cause I, cause as much as I, I end up becoming this kind of default leader to people, I really don't like taking responsibility for other people <laughs> if I don't have to. And, and that's what an E5 would have had to do. So that was not particularly appealing to me. And the pay difference wasn't enough to persuade me either way that that's who I am. That's what I'm up to. And, and now I'm just taking the lessons from my life and I try to put them out there because, because I didn't have an easy time growing up at all. I grew up in, in public housing here in the United States, really poor, uh, surrounded by a lot of violence, a lot of, a lot of ignorance <laughs> for lack of mm. a better term. And, and it formed me. I mean, it gave me some lessons you can't learn or rather lessons you can't be taught. You can only learn. Mm. And and there were also some things I had to overcome too. As myself, as I as I matured into a, a human, I would like to think I've left I've left most of the negativity uh, behind, purged it from my personality, developed it out. Not that I'm an adult, but but you never know. Every now and then the hood comes out, and I just I forget who I am. <laughs> And you know, but 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 you know what? I would I would rather be at the end of the day. Like if I had to pick, I would much rather be a savage that's intelligent than an intelligent god that like has no concept of conflict. Mm. Because th- this world is is still a pretty brutal place. The difference is like how the fights are conducted. 
you don't have to worry about, especially as an adult, because we have laws. You don't really have to worry about somebody coming and like stealing off on you and knocking you out, taking your stuff. I mean, that can happen. And certainly you should be able to defend yourself and look like you're a poor target. I'm a big, big believer in that. But but now the the battles and the way people try and take advantage of you is mental and emotional. And if you want to defend yourself against that, you have to. You have to have a bit of an, you know, they they call it an asshole streak. I'm I'm more inclined to say you, you have to be an aggressive sociopath. You know, the the noble sociopath is how to be, how I would put it. I really hate being when when someone tries to emotionally manipulate me, and I'm aware of it. So yeah. so not only does it anger me when I see it, when I see it happen to other people, like the only time I, I risk getting in trouble in the military is when I would watch abuses of power like that. That really bugs me when people take advantage of people who who, who don't have skin in the game, you know? Like, yeah. I, I get it, you know, if somebody is an opponent or a rival and you're out to manipulate and taking advantage of them. But but one of my one of my key tenets in life is you know you don't you don't do harm to people not in the game. You know, and if they're in the same game as you, all is fair. But if they, they're innocent, you know, you, you let them be innocent. Now <laughs> if they decide to come in and they don't know what they're walking into, look, man, not everybody's going to come to the gunfight with a gun. And, <laughs> and, and that's cool. They learn the hard way. They'll get theirs. But yeah, yeah, that's a, uh, I know, I know I ended up rambling a bit on, but no, that's yeah, right. that's a, uh, that's who, who, who I am, where I'm from kind of. Okay. Well, I think there's something, what you said there brought an interesting concept to my mind, which is the idea that to really be like, a good man and a strong man, you have to actually be in touch with what you're capable of, right? You have yeah. to kind of, you have to investigate your own shadow. You have to know, you almost have to have the capability to do harm and cause damage and then choose not to do that. If you don't even have the, have the capability, you're just kind of weak by default. You're not necessarily good. It's, <laughs> no, you be, right. You know what I mean? No, no, you're, not, you're exactly right. I, I 100% like believe this, man. Yeah. Like, you you can't claim to be disciplined if you never put yourself in the face of temptation. You know, it's just kind of this is this thing I want to declare myself to be like, no, you got to earn that. Just like you can't claim to be tough. Everyone. Well, what is that all saying? You know, everyone's a good sailor in clear seas. Right. Mm. But every, everyone is tough when there's nothing to be tough about. It's only when, you know. You you gotta you gotta survive. You have some hardship and like real hardship, man. Man, like granted, I, I think everyone's perspective of their own journey is unique, and to them, that is the most difficult thing they've ever faced. Mm. But with that said, you know, I I know what what facing you know genuine poverty is like. I know what facing you know fear for your life daily basis. You know, can you survive in that? Do you have the grit to overcome an environment? Were everything. I mean, like everything. One one of the things that I I was really kind of grateful for is I got a I got a small glimpse of a different kind of life growing up, and I really think that influenced me to not make many stupid decisions that would be irreversible, like like something that would get me in prison. I, I came up and I didn't get to see much at all of an other of a, other life. You know, there's nothing to even strive for. Can you overcome those circumstances? Mm-hmm. Like, like pretty much where are the receipts? I call them the receipts. I've been meaning to write an article about this. You know, I, I want to see how you've earned who you, who you say you are. You know, mm. one, one thing about me, you know, you, you can, and people don't do it often, but every now and then you get these like weird where, where they, they like hate on the positivity that some people try and put out. But I guess it's like you were saying, you know, if it, it's inauthentic yeah. and I have an issue with that too. But what I'm always interested in seeing is like, how did you earn your stripes? If you're, if you're telling me you're X, Y, and Z, how did you earn the right to say that? Because for me, you know, you you can go look my story up. That's one of the things, you know, when coming up in boxing is is pretty much I like to say I'm undoxable. Like you can't find out anything <laughs> about me that's not going to get you in prison. You can get my credit card number, my social security number, but that's going to get you in jail, right? But but you could look up through the athletic commission where I live. You know, there's all kind of stories uh, that they they've written on, on my life and coming up. Not to just that I author, but independent research. You know, nothing I say or nothing I put out there is not 
it's not motivated by my circumstances. Like, like you can see my receipts. I can show you, look, man, I, I went through X, Y, and Z. I, I thought this way, this way, and this way. Mm-hmm. The stuff I'm saying is not, it may have been said by someone else, but you can see how I've applied it in my life. So whether it works or not is not even the question, or rather if it's cliched or not. What, what matters the most is that I got something out of it. And if I got something out of it, you probably can too we can kind of build up this whole this whole way of like making these guys making people in general earn kind of who they are you know but 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 here's the funny thing i think about this too i think about this like you know when i have kids how am i going to introduce them to things to where they develop the grit and they develop those qualities you know because i I like look in a perfect world you know my, my children have the same kind of street smarts and and toughness that that i have but Mm. but i would never want them to go through the same experiences i had to get them not even close you know i'm very grateful for how i think and how i see things now but would i want to go through the same process again to get them no way look man if i go back and do it all over again put me in the suburbs with with a family with a mansion (laughs) like Forget that. I, I don't even want to know what crack smoke smells like. Forget yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that guy. Get that out of here. You know. But these, these, you know, this is just part of life. And now I'm, now I'm grateful. But, but yeah, what you were saying is back to the original point. You don't get to be. You, you can't claim to be anything noble, anything that we have strived to be, unless you are placed, unless you have the opportunity to be the opposite representation of it. You exactly. can't claim to be strong unless you're put in a position to where you could be cruel. You know, you can't claim to be disciplined unless you're put in a position where temptation can affect you. Exactly. Other than that, you know, all you're doing is kind of accepting <laughs> your lot. You know, yeah. I, I don't, don't show me no weak pacifist. Show me somebody that's been in some battles and like, you know what? I don't think this is a good idea anymore. You know, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, then, we, then we can uh, we can talk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, something you see a lot. I mean, you get people who act like they're on some high horse or they're the all moral, all virtuous person, for example. But sometimes you can you see little tidbits in their personality where it's just like, you know what? If you were the person who had this power that you might even be criticizing, I'm not sold that you would be the good guy. You know what I mean? Exactly. Right. It's like you're you're only virtuous because you don't have the power to inflict harm on anyone else, right? If if the (laughs) if the power no, but it's it's true. You know, I mean Uh, I agree, Juan. It's like if you had this power of this person, like you people always have this idea that, oh, you know, if, if it was me in that position, you see it in like politics, right? Like if it was me in that position, I would be an angel, right? It would I would you know, everything right. was perfect. And it's like, you realize that most politicians probably think that, right? They probably thought, you know, when I'm in that position, every, it's like, no, like. Right. They weren't sitting there <laughs> screaming going, you know what? No. I can't wait till I get elected. I'm going to run the treasury dry. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to harass all these women. And, and I'm going to use my position to escape. Yeah. Why? Right. It's like, a, it's like I think it was. Chris Rocker, Dave Chappelle, who made the joke. This sounds more, yeah, about uh, when Tiger Woods got busted with all those chicks. Oh yeah, yeah. And then they were, and one of them, they were like, uh, you know, well, you don't understand what it's like to be Tiger. <laughs> you know, this guy's trying out their golf, and he's got chicks popping up. I made a post about this the other day about Instagram is the next platform that I'm trying to trying to build up on because it's one, it's different than how I think. I'm very okay. good with words. I don't have a problem expressing myself verbally, mm-hmm. so I want to stretch my brain in, in another in another fashion. Sure. Um, and it's all about that. It's just a different demographic, and I want to see if I can appeal to that demographic and reach over. Mm-hmm. But here's the the cool thing that I like about Instagram, right? And and there's a buddy of mine. Uh, I think I think you're going to interview him, uh, Chris Johnson, Nappy Boy. I spoke to him uh, today. Oh yeah. So. So one of the things he was he was talking to me, he said that a lot of these guys on Twitter don't want to go on Instagram, don't want to show their face and their life and who they are and what they're about. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really enjoy about that's what I love about Twitter. And that's what I kind of hate about it. And that's what I'm moving, you know, growing on IG is that anyone can say anything. 
sure. And and if you have a high enough verbal, you you can make it sound sound good. Mm. But when, but you know, I would like to see like I'm always talking about the receipts. The idea comes back again. Show me some of your life. Show me mm. what you're doing. How you're living. You know, look like at the most extreme example. If I was walking running around telling people I'm a huge fitness guy. <laughs> And you check my IG out and I got a freaking gut. You're going to be like, hold up. <laughs> what is this dude talking about? Right? Now, now I don't make, you know, that's that's not my style. I don't make claims on anything. I mean, I think I think if I claim anything, it's like, I and I, I haven't drank. I'm, I'm a sober guy. And, and, you know, I talk about what I'm doing in my life and everything. And, and once again, not only can you look it up if you want to, you can go on my IG, man. There's pictures in life. And, you know, yeah. this is how it is. And, and so... What we what we aim to be is transparent. That's what I aim to be. Anyhow, yeah. Man. Not everyone is not everyone is built for it, and I don't think everyone should do it. Mm. I don't say that because like it would create competition because you can't really compete with individual personalities. My transparency allows me to to make a living, which is which is really cool, and no one can fire me. I, I, which is a really cool feeling too. <laughs> When humans get put in positions of power, bad things happen. That's part of the reason government is structured the way it's structured, to kind of remove one person's ability to be a human with power. Nobody can name like a virtuous dictator, can they? Right. But every <laughs> dictator, everyone's a hero of their own story. Every yeah. dictator was like, you know, we need to do this. Because yeah. that was bad, even though that is exactly what I'm doing now. Yeah. It's calling it something different. Yeah. I had an argument with a friend of mine. He was saying he doesn't believe in free speech anymore. Doesn't believe like, in free you gotta, speech. Yeah, he's like, I don't think you should have free speech. And I, I'm listening to that, and I'm like, and I'm trying to get him to realize that everyone has these like blind spots. It's for even the smartest people, one of the smartest people I know. Um, they have these blind spots when they come up against something that directly clashes with their emotional reaction. And that, that's one of the reasons why I'm a big fan of stoicism now granted you know I'm, i don't, I don't want to be like an unfun dick or nothing i you know i'm i'm a i'm a, i like to think i'm an enjoyable guy to be around and talk to but i'm controlling my emotions anyhow the benefit of practicing that is you is you never start to believe your own nonsense you're always am forced to kind of step back and look at what i'm saying and thinking and so i can i can tell if i'm making a statement that is nonsensical yeah. and if i am making one that's nonsensical I can recognize that and go, this is just how I feel. Mm-hmm. I never look, look one, and once you recognize that, you know, no one can argue, but you also can't argue it either, right? That's yeah. that that's where you put that. Well, he's, he's trying to argue. What was his argument against free speech? I'm his curious. His argument was that when you say certain things, you you can incite negative action. Okay. You can incite action that causes people to be harmed. And and, you know, rather than attack that, I just said, well, who decides what is said? Mm-hmm. And furthermore, how do we stop it? Like, like what you're what you're saying, right? You know, if you say, all right, go kill all the blacks. OK, obviously, that's a direct thing. And that's bad. And, 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 and that's and that's already illegal because that's right. A, that that's is already excitement to violence. But but if I say if I say, you know. I don't like redheads and somebody hears what I say and they take it and they're, they're off their rocker and they go kill a redhead. You know, like I said, like, where do you draw the line? I, I just, it's really fun watching people when they, when they have a lot, when they're smart and they've thought it out, but then you point out, this is a contradiction. You, you can't have it. You won't exist. Yeah. And people break down, you know, but, but that, that's, I think that's how dictatorships, work of course i mean the the first thing they do is crack down on free speech that's literally the first that's the first move of a dictator is you make it okay you you can't you can't criticize me you can't criticize the government anything that that disagrees with me becomes labeled as hate speech this is what people don't realize i think maybe they don't look at the history but well yeah you you know here's something something scary i realize looking at but because i really i mean you you follow me on twitter i avoid discussing politics for the most part i avoid discussing culture but but culture's got some some interesting stuff and i have kind of a a different policy about it but i get a lot of information through my channels because all the different people and all the different networks i'm part of and i'm I'm aligned with 
and here's something that, that I'm worried about as our future moves on. Pretty soon, there's going to be no one left alive who remember who was born when World War Two was raging on. They're just they're not going to have a memory. It's going to just be one of those things. It's going to be as foreign to them as like slavery is to us. Mm-hmm. Like we know what happened, yeah. and we know how bad it was. But we're not going to have any direct following, like any direct connection to it. At least with slavery, we can see the black people in other places and go, well, you didn't just walk here. Like, sure. you got here somehow. Um, and and this, is, this is crazy. Or rather, this has the potential to be really bad because mm-hmm. if you don't have a direct link or direct memory or study or awareness of like how a thing happened and why it happened, the same, not the same events exactly, obviously. Mm-hmm. But the same motivators just repeat, repeat, repeat. For example, here in the U.S., you know, the next election, people who were not even born during 9-11 are going to be eligible to vote. Oh, that's interesting. That is interesting because that means that there's a whole new generation of people who don't remember when we had met, or rather lack of measures in place that allowed uh, two jumbo jets to be flown into a major metropolitan area and they're not going to remember that they, they, to them it's just a, a thing in the history book they're not going to know it's just a story yeah and so so much of the things that, are, that that happened you know afterwards you know i don't think they'll be repealed or anything but it was certainly going to change the the consciousness of people if they're not aware of their history and people don't for whatever reason what they what they like to know are the events Mm-hmm. They don't like to dig deep into the psychology. How? Yeah. Why? You know, what for? What was the goal? And one more thing to interject. One thing that's really interesting with that is when people do look at the stories of history, they only ever imagine themselves being the good guy. Okay? Right. So if someone thinks back to take the take an obvious example, take Nazi Germany, right? They never imagine themselves being the perpetrator. But people need to remember that a lot of the people who were the perpetrators or who were complicit in their silence, they weren't like psycho crazy people, right? Those were just like normal people. Those were normal men and women who I'm sure at the time didn't think things would go that far. And <laughs> you know, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, so people imagine like everyone imagines, oh, I would have, I would have done this. I would have done this. I would have freed the slaves, right? Everyone imagines, oh, I would have. No one ever imagines themselves potentially being a slave owner, right? They think, oh, no, I'm the person who would have led the revolution. I would have done the emancipation. And it's like, you have to look like dark, deep into your own dark soul. And Not think, only like, that, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. you bring up another another good point. Not only do they they not put themselves possibly in the, you know, on the other side, mm. but they look at it from their position now going backwards. They don't look at it from the position they were in, you know, moving forward. In other words, at that point in time, what you're doing is going against a precedent, right? Now, you know, things are so established, we couldn't possibly imagine, you know, something as basic, look, something as basic as this, and, you know, be, being a black man, you get to say certain things, you know, because no one's going to no one's gonna call you on it because it's, it's not crazy and it's not like attacking another group. Very simple. Uh, the ability to vote. For blacks to vote in the, in the mm-hmm. United States, right? I am not I, obviously. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be allowed to vote or anything like that. All I'm saying is, is, is a state is an exercise from our imagination to go back and imagine what how how slaves of any conquered section are, are treated. You got to earn, the, you know, not earn it, but eventually the consciousness changed. Certainly, having a war where we where where you get to choose a side uh, in who you're gonna fight for, things of that nature, but no one ever looks back and goes, "Okay, well, things were a little different then," you know, <laughs> and and they always just look at it and go, "Well, things are different now." Well, of course they're different now. We've had so much time for things to change. And whether they change for the better or worse, in other instances, not mm-hmm. slavery. I can't. Here's what's crazy: I can't even believe I have to like specify that. Like, <laughs> this, and I have to, right? Yeah. Two black guys talking, and I have to make it clear that I'm not saying that it was a questionable move to give 
African Americans the right to vote. But I have to say that because somebody's going to hear it and you know, reading com- comprehension <laughs> is at an all time low today. Twitter, really Twitter is. shows that yeah. people will read. It blows my mind. They will read a statement. And then the words, right? It's not like I have to remember what you say to me. You can just go back and look at it. Look up what each word means if you're not sure. Mm-hmm. The idea is that you know the language so you can put this together. And they will start arguing something that has not even been said yeah. implicitly or explicitly. And I'm just like, and I just go, cool. Like, like that's all I can do. <laughs> and I'm just like, cool, man. Like, what what am I supposed to say to you? We're sitting here talking about this, and you all of a sudden are matter. I said, I, some people got it. I was like, look, if I say I don't like, if I say apple juice is disgusting, and you start arguing me that I'm anti-fruit, I'm going to ignore you. <laughs> and, and some people... Some people got it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think most people got what I was trying to say, but there were a lot of people that we talking about. We mean fruit. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. man! Yeah. But that's how it goes, man. People, people. That's just that's just humans being humans. You know what else Twitter is showing me? We don't we don't think about this. I don't know if you ever, if you've ever seen the normal distribution for intelligence. How like the average is like one hundred, and then there's a one standard deviation, one fifty two, right? Mm-hmm. Well, well, here's the thing you don't think about. And this is just math. I'm not dissing anybody. I'm just looking at the numbers and the research. Mm-hmm. Here's what you forget. Less than 68, 68% of people are not that bright. Mm-hmm. And less than and 50% of them are, are, are below average. That's a yeah. lot of people. And we don't think about that because we, we flock around people of our own intelligence level, whether it's high or low. Sure. And because they're of our own intelligence level, we don't generally have a basis for comparison in our daily lives. I mean, if you're if you're an average person, you're not spending a lot of time around Nobel Prize winning physicists any more than you are around like trailer trash. Sure. It's just two different levels. But Twitter is different because you get on Twitter and you can interact with everyone around the world. Mm-hmm. And you realize the truth of this statement. I started playing this game where, like, I can look at the re- the reply, and by the quality of the reply, I can predict with like ninety percent certainty whether the person follows me or not. I can look and I go, okay, that that's really stupid. I like, like, <laughs> I bet they don't follow me. And I look and I go, I go, hey, you know, and yeah. But but I'm I'm, I'm still very grateful for all the people who who I have access to and who find value in my words. And I never, I mean, unless somebody like really takes an intentional shot at me on, on that platform, I'm just, I'm not there to insult people. That's not, that's not part of my game, man. Like, but to some of these people though, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Cause again, I don't know if it's the, I don't know if it's just like a pure intelligence thing, but a lot of people don't understand that you can make a general statement that somebody may fall into and you are not targeting them okay someone will make a statement like um it's better for a child to have a mother and a father it's harder for single moms okay like men are someone will say men are stronger than women okay and then someone will come in and go oh but i know a woman who is stronger (laughs) and and you're just like dude like this isn't you're, you're trying to like explain the concept and i'm just like that's not a rebuttal like, I'm not saying every single man in the world is stronger than every right. single woman in the world. I'm just making a general statement based on data, which anyone can easily verify talking about a trend. Like, we generalize all the time. You know, I'm not, I'm not attacking you. I'm not attacking you. I'm not attacking anybody. I'm just saying, like, this is a fact, generally. Right. You know, intelligent people tend to think in nuance. Mm. Absolutes are easier for people who are who are not that intelligent. Yeah, and, and notice I'm going back to intelligence because I, I genuinely believe it is. Yeah, uh, a lot of smart people do the binary thinking thing too, though. I have experience. That's, that's true. You know what? That's true. Um, maybe maybe they're not as smart as we think they are. Who knows? <laughs> but but the, it's it's right. It's the difference between a deterministic statement and a probabilistic one. Yeah, and people can understand that the probability of the statement being true 
is much higher on an individual case. It's not a binary one. Like, like I can't say something like, like humans can breathe underwater. Like, okay. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I, I've, got, I've got a, I've got a friend who, you know. <laughs> but I, I got a friend who had gills put in. Like, okay, here we go. Right. <laughs> Some of the, the tweets that I've gotten, like the craziest bit of random hate on, I'm not even dissing somebody. I'll never forget. I, I made. I said one about how like guys should move out as soon as they can and learn how to live on their own. You know, mm-hmm. and there were all kinds of people like, you know, this is why we can't have nice things. And you're trying to have these guys be broke and be in poverty. And I'm like, nah, man. Like, where'd you get that from? Yeah. All I'm saying. <laughs> All I'm saying is you might be better off moving out than staying at home till you're 28. I don't care about generational wealth because I'm, I'm I was born in 1985 where yeah generational wealth wealth is a thing but but a person can change their life in a year on, on the internet with some hustle yeah. you know, or four years of some college. I mean I don't argue as much because <laughs> it's I, tiring. It's tiring. Why is it so? strange that I'm willing to admit I was wrong and changed my mind about a thing. And there are a few things, a few topics where that that's occurred. Mm. But most people don't do that. You only have so much energy in a day, right? You you just, you know, if, if I was going to live forever and I, I never had to sleep, maybe I would argue more, probably, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I got to go to bed sometime. I'm going to die one of these days and on my deathbed, I'm never going to be like, man, I told that guy <laughs> I was right. I don't care. Like, no, I'm never. That's not gonna matter. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be mad if I don't, you know, get things done and make a difference and help somebody's life or whatever. That's what's gonna bother me. Yeah. And part of writing is you need to understand how your words are gonna be perceived. Mm. I'm, I'm a. I'm a big fan of of that definition of of putting the onus of interpretation or I guess communication on the communicator. Or the sender, not the receiver. I'm a, I'm a big believer in that. And I actually believe English is structured that way, unlike other languages. Like, like big part of Korean is the interpreter taking the words the correct way based on a context. And okay. we're not of a context language. You know, you say this or that, and we are we take what you say at face value. So what I, what I believe is that part of being a good writer is knowing... Or at least being able to anticipate how what you're going to how, how what you say is going to be taken. I've gotten even better at that with Twitter. So sure. occasionally, what I'll do is I'll kick the hornet's nest and just go away. I won't even check the tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the mention. Was this tweet I made about how the greatest social and technological change mm-hmm. was you know for the people who were born between 1983 and 1992, based on how old they would be, you know, when they were 18 and the changes going on them. And I said that the reason for that is younger generations can't imagine a world that wasn't always connected in that regard. And the older generations never did not experience the rapid change that went from an isolated world to one that is, I mean, like to a smartphone, right? I was behind. I, when I graduated high school, how old are you? I'm 32. So we're like almost the same age. Yeah. When I graduated high school, almost no one had a cell phone. In four years, I was behind because I didn't have a smartphone to put that in play. It was a quick change. There was no, so there was, what was my space was like in its infancy. Facebook wasn't even a thing. Yeah. And, and in four years, you know, everyone's got technology. Now you can go see the tweet nowhere in, in any way, shape or form. Do I say, Old people can't use technology. I never, I don't say it, I don't imply it. But let me tell you how many people attack me. Ever, you're you're an ages. You know, what are you talking about? First of all, what the hell is an ages, man? Like people invent all kinds of is and ibilisms to like, or or is and isms to justify something. I, I was looking at somebody's post on Facebook the other day. They're talking about. Being an ableist, ableist, an ableist, right? Yeah. Um, like, oh, you know, somebody who who does not accommodate or jobs who do not accommodate people with disabilities, and I was like, yeah, that's that's messed up. You mean like you talking about like not putting in 
like a rant for somebody in a wheelchair. Like, yeah, that's not cool. Like, not having braille for somebody that's deaf. I mean, I get it. And it was just like, no, all jobs need to be made somehow uh, available for all people. And I'm like, all right, man, you have somebody quadriplegic design this building for me and work on the construction, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But people weird uh, in, th- in that regard. But yeah, that that's really, really bugged me. Or rather the responses. And, and the best <laughs> part is I knew they were coming. So when I retweeted it, I, I just walked away. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you know what it is, though? I think like. I've been thinking about this quite a lot, especially because I use I use all the so like all the main social media channels, and Twitter, without a doubt, is the most angry one, followed by Facebook. Right. <laughs> and I, I I sometimes think about like why that is, and I have a I have a couple of theories. Maybe someone can test these scientifically. I have I wanna, one. I wanna hear, I wanna yeah, hear. <laughs> I have one. I have one theory that people go on Twitter when they actually want confrontation and combat. So I think that. Huh. The, the mood that somebody is in. So say somebody is in like a good mood and they're feeling happy, right? Maybe they're more likely to jump on Instagram or on YouTube, like when they're in that mood. But maybe when someone's already, someone's already a little angry, a little ticked off with something, they're having a bad day and they want to go on Twitter and they want to find something that'll annoy them and then they want to engage with it, right? So that's right. like, that's one of my thoughts. So it's kind of like people are already just kind of in that mood. And then the other one is just that this one I don't even think is a theory, this has been proven, is that on the internet, the strongest emotions in terms of making things go viral, um, basically anger and awe. So like if you, can, if you can upset people, if you can trigger people, for lack of a better <laughs> word, right? That's actually the best way to go viral. And they also found in this study, it was done by a big marketing agency and a data analytics company. They also found that women are three times more likely to share things than men are. So basically, if you can create stuff, if you can create content that angers women, right? <laughs> basically, like, no, 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 seriously. No, you're if, right. If you, if you can create posts and content and blogs that annoy women specifically, you are likely to keep going viral because they're likely to share it. It's going to get a lot of comments because people respond to outrage. People respond to anger and share stuff that makes them angry. Like, people, people will share a blog post that, oh, can you believe this? They'll share a tweet. Oh, my gosh. Like... The anger, the outrage. I think Gillette kind of played to this in that in that ad they oh, put yeah. out. Recently, oh yeah. Right? Oh, you know, I, oh, I wrote about this uh, <laughs> when I wrote I wrote my hot take, yeah. and I said, "Look here, man. Nobody understands this. These are smart people. They mm. do not do. They they don't give a damn about the social rights movement <laughs> on either side. They care about making money. Yeah. So so when you look at it from that perspective, now you got to ask yourself, okay." Then, then what was the purpose of this ad? And I bet I haven't looked at the numbers. To hear I've heard heard some people say it, but I but I want to see. I bet that at some point women started buying more razors of Gillette brand than men, mm. or at least showing themselves to be a stronger customer base. Because look, they don't give it, man. I'm, I'm yeah. telling you, I'm telling you. Look, let 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 in ten years the trend be. Like, like some crazy, like beating up your chick, right? Gillette <laughs> is gonna be all over. Like, <laughs> are you gonna discipline? You gonna discipline your woman with a with a with a beard she can't respect? Like, come on, they they, yeah. they, they don't care. What they uh, care about is making money. No, they really do. That's why. That's why that's it's what... kind. It's kind of funny on both sides of the reaction because the people who are like they're applauding, I'm kind of like. Uh, they don't care. They're just they're just doing this for your money. They know they know that you're going to stand up and applaud and talk about how great it is and think that they're all virtuous and that they care about this and that. It's like they don't care, right? They they had girls in flipping cat suits, right? With, like, Somebody... Gillette across the butt, not that back long ago. That was selling, <laughs> right? Back when that's what was selling. Perfect example. Yeah. Put put the logo on the ass of some spandex. <laughs> Sell razors. Boom. <laughs> Oh, now it's respect women. Sell yeah, razors, yeah. boom. Yeah, yeah. You know, people people freaked out. I, I don't know. You're you're in the UK, right? Right. So I don't know if you guys got the same commercial because it's more of an American issue, but the the Nike commercial with uh, Colin Kaepernick. Oh yeah, I saw it. And, and I said, I said, look, y'all gotta look. These this ain't no accident, man. That they, they don't care about the struggle. Come on, man. They've been pimping out blacks for years. <laughs> y'all, you mind? They they know they know how we react to 
Jordan, man, come on. Like, let's so let's let's look at this and see what it is. They know that the climate has changed, uh, you know, to the point where all they got to do is take advantage of. And I, I'm not a believer in like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna pimp out Black America and this or the other. I don't I don't think it is race motivated. I just think it happens to break down by race. Sure. And they said, okay, there's a there's a bunch of it's a bunch of brothers, a bunch of blacks, all angry about this whole kneeling, taking knee thing. Colin Kaepernick has turned into this kind of symbol. We got the white guilt too. You know what? It's time. It's time. Let's pull the trigger. Let's make a commercial about Kaepernick mm-hmm. and our shoes, and let's sell them. Yeah. <laughs> and and sure enough, and they were like, ah, oh, you know, Jordan ain't played in a while. Jordan still look hot. What are we gonna do? Here's what we'll do. Okay, boom. Like literally, it's a game, and yeah. and smart marketing is about finding the angle. Is they not care about it because at the end of the day, whoever was working on that team and who and the CEOs of that company, they're paid. They yeah. don't care about us squabbling over some nonsense. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, think about that. This, this is one of the reasons why I work so hard. I understand that freedom is found in dollar signs, right? If I can go where I want to, if I can mount a legal defense against any type of nonsense that comes my way, I'm not going to be stressed. You know, people think they they expose these actors or whatever or Hollywood and they tripping. Like, come on, man, these people have made their money already. What are we going to Short of locking them up for life, you can't do anything to these people. Remember when they got rid of Matt Lauer, right? Because Matt Lauer was apparently like like can't creep, right? Mm-hmm. Same with Kevin Spacey, can't creep. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, man. You know, obviously these people got to go, but but if you want to talk about how their life was affected, unless they were like on a straight up crack habit all day every day <laughs> and hoes all the time and and tigers and jaguars, they got so much money. You know, you you gave them an early break. Yeah, they don't they don't care, man. R. Kelly proved how much they. Care. <laughs> <laughs> Moving away from all this for a second, man. I know we've okay. uh, we, I know we've been on on that way for a while, but um, I want to talk a, a little bit more about your about your message that you that you seek to put out there. We kind of touched on it before we started recording. When you tweet, when you write a blog, when you're writing a book, when you're putting your info and your thoughts out there, what's the what's the goal? What are you trying to do with it all? I I want people to see that you don't have to ever settle for for who you are. If if, if that could like pick a theme of my life it was all it was never settling for who i was or where i was or my circumstances i want people to realize that the change is always they can they can do it it's one of the reasons why i'm so against complaining because the energy i see everything is kind of zero sum if i'm complaining that's time and energy i take away from trying to change yeah Simple as that. Trying to solve the problem. Mm. And I want to solve my the problems in my life. I didn't like, you know, I didn't like where I grew up. So I made sure I, I worked to the best of my ability, you know, for what I knew when I was a youngster and let me get out of the hood. Yeah. I didn't like that I didn't have any type of sweat equity built up in my life. So I went in our box. I didn't like how untalented i wasn't i was bad when i first started fighting so i put a lot more time and energy in i didn't like how my life was as as a result of my drinking so i stopped drinking Mm. i didn't i didn't like how slim my prospects were for making a living that's why i originally went back to college and why i chose the hardest thing i thought you know i could study with the with the greatest range of job prospects and and then i decided i didn't like listening to anyone or being at the whim of of some corporation's ability to fire me because maybe I say something off off color on social media, and so I, I try to work for myself. Mm-hmm. My whole my whole life, like I wish I want someone to look at it and go, okay, now here's here was a person who was in one circumstance that statistically speaking he should have been ruined one way or the other, and he decided to apply himself. And pull. I mean, I think about like like not even so much when I was a child mm-hmm. to like now. 
that was, you know, that, that, yeah, all right, that's the hood, man, whatever, right? You got to get, some people get out, some people don't. And, and then while I intellectually understand that it is, it is a, somewhat of a feat, I don't feel like I overcame something that great making out of it, making, uh, making, making my way out of it. Sure. But from like my life from 27 to now at 33, I sat, I was like sitting there, rock, like literally rock bottom, like living on, living from paycheck to paycheck and some, some leftover unemployment benefits. Barely. I mean, when I, my first week of basic training, I barely had any money. Not that it matters because everything's paid for, but I had like, I had nothing. I was just like, this is, that's how bad it was. It was like, I need to go get my life on point. So to go from having like absolutely nothing and having to rent out, a room at my, my friend's house. Thank goodness, man. If it wasn't for the kindness of my friend, who knows what I would have done. We're renting out a room for $200 a month because that's what I could afford to to now where, like, if I'll tell you a story. The other the, uh, Like, a month ago, uh, my buddy, we was rapping. He told me that he, like, he broke his laptop and he was using it for something. He, he didn't have a way to... Uh, to replace it or nothing like that. So I just went on Amazon and just bought it for me. He'll never be able to pay me back. I don't care. And he was like, oh, man, why'd you do it? That was so nice. And I said, well, for one, I understand how hard it is to get started. And for two, it's only 400 bucks. Like, <laughs> like to put that in perspective, you know, on vacation, I was making that every day online. So I'm not not tripping about that. And and I don't tell that story to brag. I tell that story to, to show the contrast. And and that change in my life, that was a lot of energy. That was a lot of focus, a lot of patience, a lot of risk. I stayed committed to the plan and things worked out. And I really, because I've been chronicling my life and, and the things that I've been through and come along with. And I just I was like, wow, man, this is a really, it made me feel good about where I'm at now. And I want, I want people to have that feeling. I don't want I don't want anyone to feel like they're hopeless. Yeah. And and there's no reason to feel that way. We we live in the most socially mobile period in history. True. There are, I mean, I know kids, kids. And when I say kids, I'm not, I mean, maybe a little condescending, but not intentionally. Mm-hmm. Only because like they just turned 18 or 19. Uh who who were able to who were able to make, you know, six figures online. Yeah. That's the power of, of where we live now. Or to be able to pick up skills and languages and change your life. One of the things I hope happens, right? It's like a, a dream of mine. I don't know uh, how how far I can go in facilitating it, but but I really, if if I ever have a nonprofit idea or whatever, this will certainly be it. I want to be able to show kids in the hood that like you can go with a laptop now start an e-commerce business and mm-hmm. and you could be making the money you make on the corner times 10 legally yep. and not and, and bettering yourself at the same time and you know and, and not destroy the community that that's what i would like because that's what we live now we live in an era where that's possible mm-hmm. so if you have the if you have the drive and you have the the determination yeah, there's there's no reason why why a 16 year old kid can't go pick up. You know, maybe it's part of the program. We 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 give them like 200 dollar laptops because they are now. The laptop yeah. I'm on is probably 350, 400. You know, you can build a great thing out. You can put together information. You can sell information. You can uh, arbitrage ship. You can private label. I mean, there there are so many ways to go about this. Mm. How did you actually start? As far as like the the making money online part goes for me, the I think the first thing I did was I, I tried out like Amazon affiliate ads and I made like six cents. I was like, oh man, that's great. Yeah. And then I remember one by the time I made a hundred dollars a month and I was like, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And I was really excited because this is I mean, I know I knew eventually I would get to a point where it was like more than that. Yeah. I didn't know how, but I knew I'd figure it out. Sure. And then I, I started to learn affiliate marketing, and then I started to learn how to put together affiliate offers that match my personality and who I am and what I'm doing, things that I use. Mm-hmm. And then I started, then I wrote my books, and then I learned how to sell ebooks that are packed full of information where you can have a higher profit margin to mm-hmm. a more specific audience. So what, I got what, involved. Sorry, man. What, what was the first book that you put out then? The very first one I put out was actually a freebie. To, okay. to join my mailing list called the four confidences. Okay. 
And and I think that I mean I I must have got like three thousand email signups off of that maybe two or three, and then it, it was so good that this guy Ellis Searches he decided to make an animated video of it. it. Took him a year. He asked me to do it and he went and did it. Uh, he got it done after a year. And I was like, why? Okay. It, it was great. But by that point, I had decided to sell it for twelve dollars because I was like, this is really damn good. You know, I paid for covering everything. And so that was the first time I was like really raking and just not a lot. I think maybe a few hundred a month mm-hmm. from a from a straight up ebook. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is really, really cool. I did some ghost writing when I realized I was good for good at writing. You know, I was doing some individual writing projects. I started to promote people's books that I had read. And that was a, a low margin and a lot of work, but it was more training and learning examples. And then uh, what else happened in terms of things I put together and sell? I didn't put together a thing. I, I personally would sell for a little while, and then I put together my, my Twitter book, my engagement book. And that ebook I sold for 37 bucks, and, and that was most money I'd ever made in seven days. Uh, okay. Getting aligned with, with people and working with their affiliate offers. And I really liked doing that. Because I got to see what works well, what doesn't. In the purest definition of the word, I think I, I would say I spent most of 2018 in an apprenticeship kind of model. Okay. Not just for e-products, and I made a lot of money affiliating e-products, but also physical ones. I made a lot of money there. And mm-hmm. then and then rather than sit on the sidelines, or rather, rather than come into a cold, I knew what I had to do from my own, my first real e-product launch, right? Okay. And so as a result of that, I was able to have, uh, I think in six days, I did 19.5 thousand from an e-book. Wow. That's because I spent so much time learning and working with other people. And the cool part is I was getting paid working with them. It's not like I wasn't. So now I understand. So now what I plan to do is I have have another thing come up and another thing because I, I really spent time learning from people and seeing different styles mm. and every everybody wants to jump right in head first and and know this game but like even now like like you said you were talking to chris uh i'm working with him now on, on my physical on my first uh private like i guess it's called private labeling whatever okay yeah. where I make it right uh and I'm, I'm gonna learn and work with him if you just spend the time learning well, one you should be able to make money learning. That's the best part about another another great part about the internet. You can make money learning. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. great. And then when you're ready to go off on your own, you're gonna have the support of someone. I haven't had a single person be like, you know what? Yeah, no. Like your competition. Because you should have come with your own set of skills and interests and be able to go, okay, this is what I offer, but I I know the basics of it, you know how to set up uh, an affiliate program, how to join it, how to market correctly, how mm-hmm. to write well enough, how to have it integrate with my personality, things that I enjoy. Little things, little small things that over that don't seem that big of a deal because I certainly don't didn't think they were that big of a deal. How to how to ethically take advantage of FOMO marketing because I've seen it done a uh, fear of missing out. Yeah. I've seen it done different ways and I, I figured out what I think is the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and it, worked well for me with the with the book and I think it's gonna work well for the next thing I do. We'll we'll see. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's 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 That's been a cool. really fun journey. And most importantly, and this is what I feel good about. And and I don't hate it, I, I'm not hating on anybody who does go the route of I'm gonna teach, you know, copywriting or sales or marketing. To me that feels that feels a little um pyramid schemish like I understand there's a market for that. I get it. Everything I do, I try, I, not try, I mean, I, I stay away from it. Uh, my, my Twitter book is about how to grow and write on Twitter. Mm-hmm. My my book, my, my two books on Amazon, one is about sobriety. The other is just a collection of my essays. The physical product I'm involved in is, is a CBD oil. The okay. next thing I'm teaching or, or the next thing I'm putting out is a collection of, of my newsletters and of my books and everything. Then I'm putting together a course about dealing with sobriety and forgiveness. Okay. I'm I'm taking everything I'm learning and actually trying to be an example of here's how we use it to create other products. Gotcha. Right? Everybody wants I mean, dude, it's crazy because it's the low it's the low hanging fruit of uh of e commerce and internet marketing. Let me teach you how to make money. You know, 
Mm-hmm. And, and as you sell that, you make money. Yeah, right? yeah. I get it. When they mm-hmm. come ask for receipts, I go, okay, here's my course about sobriety. Here's my course about learning. Oh, here's my one about building confidence. That's how I can change lives. And that's where my talent lays. If it, if it works out, uh, it works out. I think it's going to work out well. It's already working out pretty, pretty damn good. I'm really, people don't get this, man. Because, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm from the hood, man. Like, and even though I've been away from it for a long time, there's still little things. Like I was saying earlier. I love traveling because that's we couldn't do that when I was a kid, man. Yeah. It's nothing. I didn't. I didn't leave the country for the first. I, I actually didn't leave the continent of the of North America because I went to like Mexico one time when I was uh, like nineteen. Okay. I didn't leave the continent of North America until I was. I might have been thirty. It took me that long. Where was the first place you went? The first place I went off of this off the continent was a uh, Paris, but I earned it. And when I earned it, I was like, wow, I can do this. Mm. I, I can do this. And this can, can push further. If I just keep working hard and, and doing the right thing. And my life is such, I, I always say, I tell people I live three lives, basically really four. If you, I mean, if you want to be technical four, but, okay. but I live three lives from my, my childhood in the hood, my middle, my, my, my middle twenties ish, or mid twenties, you know, where I was, where I was drinking heavy and fighting. Yeah. And then my life now, where, where I'm sober for five years and building an online empire, and I got my de- my college degree or whatever. So I got lessons from like three different lives that a lot of people don't ever. There's no crossover, so mm. I get to uniquely present and try and help and present these lessons. And then, like at the end of the day, I love writing. But like, dude, if it was up to me, <laughs> I would just write um, write books, man, and. But but the margin on, on book right book writing is, it, I don't want to say it doesn't matter how good you are, mm. but you you gotta put a lot of energy into into selling and learning that and and actually I'm looking to work with a, a marketing firm now because because I know for my first book whatever those were just my essays, mm-hmm. this book about sobriety I feel like anybody who's got any issue with with uh, substances needs to read it. I have another book about forgiveness that I'll be putting out. Okay. I have a sobriety course about, you know, how to, how to function, how to, how to transition. Because man, once again, I'm just, I, and that's another thing. I try and present solutions that I wish I had. So, so, but, but that, that's coming and I'm working on my, uh, my company with Chris. So I have an idea for a clock company. Okay. And I, I just, I'm really obsessed with Tom. I just think it's awesome. It's one of the things, one of the reasons why I probably study physics and all. <laughs> there's quite a bit of, of discussion about Tom. So th- there's that. I mean, I, I got a lot of, I got, I'll be speaking in front of uh, the University of South Carolina football team in, in April. And then I'm, and then at the end of February, I'm putting on a, a seminar for Twitter. Okay. Uh, via Zoom, some guys set up for me. That's so dope. no, it's it's about the, it's gonna be a very busy uh <laughs> first half of the year. Yeah. But if I do everything right and I survive, I should have made enough money to where if I don't if I don't want to do anything, all right. If I don't want to do anything for the second half of the year, I don't. I mean, mm-hmm. I will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the second half of the year, uh, the ultimate plan we're gonna we're, we're moving to Portugal. These are the plans for the year. I'm really looking forward to 2019. It's going to be a big year in every regard, financial, emotional, physical, working on. I'm training. I'm, I'm, I don't train at the same intensity I did when I fought because that is impossible. Not only or rather it's not impossible, it's not worth it. <laughs> but yeah, I, mean, yeah. I was spending five to six hours a day in the gym and not not slight hours man like yeah. we're talking about the early morning workout and then going in the evening it was hard yeah. but but I'm, I'm working out pretty hard because I, I have a goal for my body fat percentage i want to i want to get into the single digit and just like even like 12 percent, man you'll be looking good like especially if you're already a pretty big dude single digits is single digits is really low like even nine yeah. percent, like nine percent, like the lowest, <laughs> the lowest I've ever been personally. Like I'm a fairly big dude. Lowest I've ever been personally measured was like eight and a half. I was like ripped, like really, really, really ripped. Like, no kidding, man. Right? It, it was super hard to maintain, though. It becomes a little bit of a full time job at that stage, unless unless your natural body set point is just that low. If you're trying yeah. to like keep that, it'll feel like you're on a diet nonstop. I'd say like 
Yeah, I mean, like 11 to 13%, if you've got like a good amount of muscle, like you'll be, you'll look ripped, but you can also stay like that. Well, just looking at the time, man, I, I feel like I could, I could talk to you for, we could, we could go three hours here, man. I've still got, I feel like I've still got stuff I want to ask you about, but, um, hopefully I'll be back in, in, in a year with more information for you, more cool, cooler things to talk about. 100%, man. Yeah, no, I'm sure you're gonna, I'm sure you're gonna smash it. So, no need, needless to say, Keep on inspiring people. Keep on doing some good work. And thank you very much for coming on the podcast. All right, man. Thank you. You have a good one. Nice one, bro. And last one. Oh, before I jump off, where can people find you, Ed? Oh, edlattimore.com. That's mm-hmm. my website. And Ed Lattimore is my Twitter. And awesome. my Instagram, dude. I have it all, all the same, Ed Lattimore. Awesome. Make sure you check him out. He's a really inspirational dude. Nice one, Ed. Thank you very much. All right. You too, man. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.